It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Ah, here we are, baby. PSR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Panache, Rabaputi, the best in personal injury. KT, live on a throwback Thursday. Panache, Rabaputi, PSR Law. Over $5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients. In SoCal for a long time, you're number five here in the Vegas Valley. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice is PSR Law. You can go check out the website. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 560-5520, 560-5520. And uh, we will keep things rolling here. And uh, not sure if I'm on the air, not hearing anything here. So hopefully uh, I am on the air, but I'm not hearing anything. So let me try and get back. Oh, I am good. Okay. Mark, I didn't know. I wasn't hearing anything in the background, so I didn't, I didn't know. I wasn't hearing myself. So uh, 560-5520. Okay. Uh, on the uh, PSR Law Hotline. Tonight, we've got three special guests. It's going to be college basketball heavy. Jerry Palm will join me at 625 CBS. Of course, he is college basketball bracketologist. And uh, just like you've got Lenardi over there for ESPN, Jerry Palm's been doing this for a long time for CBS Sports. And, of course, he works the college football angle and then the college basketball. And Jerry's been on the show many, many times. Hour number two, my good pal David Deneen. Dave Deneen, yes, always talk about Dave. Played college basketball, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, back in the early 90s. Made their first three-pointer in their history, only to be outscored by Boston College 26-4 to after that three-pointer. But David will join me. He's also part of the VEASAN contest, college basketball contest that KT is in with Matt Humans running the show. And David is in first place big time. He has taken care of business 14 out of 20 so far in the first four weeks. We'll talk a little West Coast college basketball. Dave, big time as far as the West Coast, the WCC, the Big West. KT, of course, calling games for Long Beach State and UC Riverside in years past. And a uh, little Pac-12, little whack. We'll get into all of that uh, at the top of hour number two. And then at 726, 727, right around there, we will get the head coach for the Lady Rebels, they are unbelievable. Big fourth quarter last night at Cox Pavilion. Able to outscore uh, Boise by 12 points in that fourth quarter and win another one in the Mountain West. They continue to excel. They, of course, tied for number 24 in the country. Don't see how they would drop out of the top 25 with another W. They continue to take care of business. Only one blemish by three points in the conference. And they've now won, I believe it's 39 out of 40. Their last 40 Mountain West Conference games. Lindy LaRock, what a coach this lady is. She is special. And right here, our own Vegas Valley product out of Durango High School. Her dad, Al, was a big coach over there for many years for Durango. All right, we will take care of business and uh, get things rolling. I want to thank Mark Hoke. Of course, he's always producing the show. Mark Hoke, the host of the Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Best in professional wrestling. You like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Hoke Show. And he does a great job producing KT Show as well, Monday through Friday, 6 to 8, right here, 101.5 FM Dawn, And we stream live on that Worldwide Odyssey app. And we start the show just like this. 
now, the starting five, number one. All right, so let me go right to it. Lady Rebels, and I'm going to get into this in detail with Coach LaRock, but they found a way to get it done last night. I mean, that was big time. It was a big-time effort by the Lady Rebs. They were able to take care of business and win the game against Boise State. Very, very impressive by the gals as they trailed this game at halftime, and then after three quarters, they were in real trouble, it looked like. But lo and behold, they come back big and take care of business. Lady Rebels win it over Boise State. They'll stay in the top 25. Again, they uh, are one of the better teams in the country on the West Coast, and we know that they know how to flat-out play the game. But we will keep an eye on the Lady Rebs as they move forward. Their last couple games coming up, can they continue to win? I think they can. I think they can take care of business. And if they can get into that NCAA tournament like they did last year, I don't see any reason they won't. They're sitting at 24-2 and right now, and they just continue to excel. Uh, as we look at the game last night against Boise State, was a 63-57 to final. So 15-1 and in the conference now. And again, they had to rally. They win the game by six, but they used a late 10-0 run to win this game over Boise. That is 10 straight wins after dropping that one game to New Mexico earlier, 69-66, also at the Cox Pavilion, but that was late. But the Lady Rebs have picked it up, and head coach Lindy LaRock, she will be joining us at 725 right around there in hour number two. Number two. All right, we got a wild one going in Beantown on the ice. Aiden Hill between the pipes, and four have gotten past him. Three in the first period, the Bruins of Boston with a 3-0 lead. Golden Knights counter twice in the second period with Cotter and Petrangelo to cut it to 3-2. But Morgan Geeky gets his third of the game, 13th of the year hat trick to make it 4-2 Boston. But Michael Amadio, his sixth point in the last eight games, he got his 11th goal and uh, VGK cuts it to 4-3. Right now, 15-42 to go in regulation in Boston. Boston 4 Vegas Golden Knights 3. We keep an eye on this one as it rolls on through. Would be a big feather in the hat for the Golden Knights to follow up the win from Tuesday in Toronto where they took care of the Maple Leafs who won out here at the Fortress. So can we avenge a loss against Boston? Well, don't need to. We beat Boston here at the Fortress, but it'd be nice to sweep the Bruins 4-3. Bruins lead the Golden Knights 15-15 now to go third period. We keep an eye on it. Number 3. All right, Caitlin Clark, what a special player. There is no doubt, and she's within 18 points now of the all-time leading scorer in college basketball. Now, I really don't compare her to Pistol Pete Maravich, nor should anybody really based on statistics. Look, Caitlin Clark's doing it in the right amount of time there for the Lady Hawkeyes as she continues to excel there at Iowa. But Pete Maravich, let's be real, the guy didn't have a three-point shot because he didn't have the three-pointer back then, and he only played three years. So Pete Maravich, to me, will always be the all-time leading scorer as far as based on amount of games, and he averaged over 43 points a game in all three of his years there at LSU. But Caitlin Clark, she is special, there is no doubt. And today... On the heels of a nice victory, a nice route last night, what does she do? She announces that this will be her final year. She still has one more year of eligibility because of the COVID year, but she says, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to go to the WNBA draft. Woe and behold, what does that do for the Indiana Fever? Are you kidding me? Not far from Iowa, right there in the heartland. And my goodness, how happy are they, the Fever, that they have the number one overall pick? I don't know. I'd say lay uh, maybe 10,000. 
that they take. Caitlin Clark with that number one overall pick. ESPN will have a big game day on Sunday as Ohio State, number two team in the country, goes to Iowa City and plays the Lady Hawkeyes. But Caitlin Clark makes it official today. She will be going to the WNBA draft. Get ready, Indiana. Here she comes. Number four. Oh, this one for my uh, producer, Mark Hoke. Last year's number one pick overall, Major League Baseball, Jackson Holiday. And we saw this guy come up. Mark Hoke told me, KT, you have no idea. This kid is fabulous. He is unbelievable. Well, today he went head-to-head with this year's number one overall pick. My good pal, Roberto Clemente Jr. Of course, his Pittsburgh Pirates. They need about 10 of these number one overall picks to get back in competition. But uh, pitcher Paul Skeens, of course, right there out of Fullerton area, El Toro in Orange County. And, of course, went on to play baseball at Air Force first and then went on to LSU. The force let him out, went to LSU. Today, the 21-year-older took care of business, just one inning, but perfect. It was a perfect inning. Had two pitches over 102 miles an hour. And Paul Skeens did retire Jackson Holiday on a ground out and got the side in order in an exhibition game. Orioles, we expect to be at the top of the heap. Pirates, probably down near the bottom again. But they're looking forward to the future with pitcher Paul Skeens, the number one overall pick as he makes his debut today. Number five. All right, before I even get to number five, let me just jump in. Chandler Stevenson, 13th of the year, has tied things up. The Vegas Golden Knights are even in Beantown. 13-31 to go, 4-4. Oh, baby, go Knights go. Down 3 nothing after one. It is 4-4 now. They've got the mo. Got to keep it going. Number five, we're looking at some NBA stuff because LeBron James, what a game he had last night. I shouldn't even say a game. What a great fourth quarter. I mean, this Laker team, they were left for dead. There are a lot of people that were saying, ah, that's it. The Clippers, they've got it done tonight. There's no way they're going to blow this game. 21-point lead Clippers had going to the fourth quarter. Lakers outscore them 39-16. James finishes with 34 points, six boards, eight assists. 116-112, Lakers come back. What a meltdown by the Clips. Despite Kawhi Leonard, 26 points, 7 boards, 6 assists, not enough. As the Clippers kind of thought they were on easy street, they're not, and they get beat. And meanwhile, the Dallas Mavericks also got a big game from Luka Doncic on his birthday. How about a little triple-double on his birthday? 30 points, 11 boards, 16 assists. Pretty impressive for Luka in the 136-125 road victory north of the border against the Toronto Raptors. And that is a look at the starting five. Other headlines, how about Shoei Otani gets married? I mean, this guy's like the most prolific Dodger player, signs for $700 million, And nobody knows the guy's even got a girlfriend. Next thing you know, he announces today, yeah, by the way, I got married. Unreal. Talk about a, a covert operation there. Pretty impressive. Now, it is February 29th which uh, only happens once every four years. And I'll never forget, it was the stumper back in, ah, what was it, fifth grade? I think it was fifth grade. Gallon or school, Adley Stevenson in Fairfield, New Jersey, Lisa DePaulo. And it was her birthday, so it was always cool because especially the girls, like their parents would always make sure the girls, when it was their birthday, they would bring cupcakes in. And you just loved it, man. It was like, oh, man. And, of course, KT with the sweet tooth. And, of course, ADD, but nobody knew what it was. But give me a couple of those cupcakes. Forget it. I was on the walls. But I never forget, that was the trivia question of the day. Lisa DePaulo is 12, but her mom is only 9. How can that be? And we're like, what? We're like, that's stupid. Come on. What a 
Of course, she was born on February 29th, so she was really 36, but at only nine legitimate birthdays on February the 29th. So remember that one when people try to stump you. Make sure that you don't forget all about that. All right, plenty of college basketball. We've got NBA basketball, of course, and we've got NHL. So I love it when we have all the sports going on. Let me run some scores before we take a break and come back with Jerry Palm. Get into some college basketball big time. NBA and the association bucks over the Hornets by 25-17 to go in Charlotte. 104-84, laying 12. Not a problem right now. Up 20, 219 your total, sitting at 188. Lots of work to do there. Magic in Orlando lead the Jazz 104-100. Still 249 to go in regulation. Magic laying seven on that one again, up by four. Total 225 and a half. Won't get there, I don't think, unless you get an extra session. Warriors still up nine on the Knicks. Got out 20 to four. Steph Curry had 12. The Knicks had four. Unreal. I mean, Knickerbockers at Madison Square Garden and the big players like LeBron and Steph Curry still love to play at the Mecca. The Knicks had cut it to nine at half, and that's where they are right now. 207 to go third quarter. 76-67. We'll keep an eye on it, see if the Knicks can get any closer. Nets also got out to a big lead. I think it was something like 22 to 5 over the Atlanta Hawks. Hawks cut it to seven. It's back to 16 now. 89-73 at the Barclays Center. 105 to go third quarter. Nets lead it now by 19 at the end of the third quarter. 94 to 75. Spurs lead the Thunder 47-44. 8:57 still to go in the first half. And the Suns up four on the Rockets in Phoenix. 6:40 to go first quarter 16 to 12 coming up in a little bit heat and nuggets from denver nuggets minus six two fourteen and a half he'd have been playing well but anytime i see the nuggets you know less than five or six or uh, i'm laying it especially in the mile high city and then the wizards at the lakers lakers off that big win against the clips can they make it two and two nights i think they can against the wizards they're minus 10 245 is your total talked about ohio state needing a big win last night trying to creep into that conversation as far as March Madness. They beat Nebraska. Game got dicey for a little bit there in Columbus down the stretch as Nebraska cut it to two, but Ohio State had a little run and they take care of business. They cover the three, 144 and a half at the Westgate Superbook, 78-69, your final. All College of Charleston, no problem, nine in a row now, or eight, I'm sorry, eight in a row now for College of Charleston. They beat the Fighting Camels, who had no fight in them from Campbell, 96-73, your final there. Game flies over the total. Elon, 76-71. They lead William and Mary just a second to go. They're covering the three and a half, and the game has has gone over the 144. Hampton surprises Monmouth as seven and a half point dogs. They win it by 864-56. Game stays well under the total. Memphis, big time ESPN two game. They were ready for it. 82-58. They blow out East Carolina on the road, cover the four and a half in a game that stays under. 69-58. All Hofstra wire to wire pretty much. They get the win in a game that also stays under against NC Wilmington. That's a big win for the Pride. They continue to play good ball. Delaware comes up with a late run. Get the win and the cover by the hook on the closing number of five and a half. Win it by six seventy three sixty seven. However, the total stays under by a half point. One forty and a half was the total. Finishes at one forty seventy three sixty seven. Fighting Blue Hens get the win. UTEP beat Jacksonville State at four and a half point dogs on the road. Game goes over the total and they get the win outright. Towson blows at NC A and T, laying twelve and a half. No problem. Win it by twenty six big ones. 84-58, your final there. Game also over the total, and Drexel struggles down the stretch. They get the win the Dragons do, but do not cover the 9.5 against Stony Brook. 90-86 was the final. Right now, Moorhead State laying 18.5, still not covering. They're laying uh, that 18.5, and they're up by 17, 61-44 over Southeast Missouri State. North Dakota, South Dakota State, a good one from North Dakota. Jackrabbits in first place. They beat North Dakota the first time. Right now, 49-47. The Jacks lead it with 12 minutes to go from North Dakota. St. Thomas blowing out Nebraska 
Omaha. Late second, well, six, second half, 16 minutes to go, 53-29. All South Dakota, the Coyotes leading the Bison of North Dakota State, trying to sweep NDSU during the season, 62-45. They lead with 11-17 to go second half. Michigan taking out Rutgers at the rack, 41-24. Still 127 to go first half. Abilene Christian leads Southern Utah, 38-32. Southern U- Indiana, 18-12 out of the gate over Lindenwood, 35-28 at the half. Western Illinois, the Leathernecks lead Eastern Illinois Panthers, 44-27 Utah over Stanford. That is at the half now in Salt Lake City, make it 46-27 Utes. They are outstanding at home. Tennessee Tech leads Tennessee Martin by 7, 221 to go first half, 32-25. Tarleton State, Andy's team from last week, they're up 17-2 out of the gate, four minutes in against Utah Tech, 18-11 Arkansas Little Rock over Tennessee State early on, 20 to 10. Portland over Santa Clara, surprise there. Liberty 8-5 out of the gate over New Mexico State. Weber State up six on Northern Colorado, and uh, we'll get the other games as they go, and a bunch of games later. And David Danino get into some of those. I will give you his big play of the night before it comes. Uh, I'll say before. The end of the next segment, right at the end of the next segment, I'll give you David Deneen's play of the night. It is a West Coast game, and he has been on fire, so uh, hopefully you can get down and make some money. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dome. We stream live on that worldwide Odyssey app. Take a break and hopefully have Jerry Palm from CBS Sports talk a little bracketology. We'll do it all live from Vegas. PSR Law Studios with Mark Hoke spinning the hits. I'm Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Next, baby, little Cotton Eye Joe, Mark Hoke spinning the hits. You never know what we're going to get from the hoaxer, man. He's as eclectic uh, bumper music guy as there is in the country, no doubt about it. Keeping an eye on some of these games that are winding down, college basketball, and keeping an eye on that Golden Knights-Bruins game as well. And we'll keep you abreast of all the scores here. Still 4-4, to 8.58 to go now from Boston, third period. So Golden Knights, again, they've scored four of the last five goals, hoping to have that come from behind. Victory in Beantown. Keep you updated there. College basketball, my goodness, it is just wall-to-wall stuff on the ladies' side. Of course, Lady Rebels playing so well. Head coach Lindy LaRock again will join me at 725 Pacific time, so she'll be there hour number two. And then on the guys' side, there's never a night off, really. I mean, even Fridays, you've got some pretty good games. But Ohio State was a, got a much-needed win tonight against Nebraska. And Freddie Hoiberg's team has played so well at home, but on the road, they do struggle and uh, nearly came from behind and pulled one off in Columbus, but give the Buckeyes credit, down the stretch, battle was on fire, and he was the big difference in that game. Bunch of West Coast games going all night long. Gonzaga and San Francisco should be good, and St. Mary's against Pepperdine, and Jerry Palm is my guest, and I'm going to start right there, Mr. Palm. Always great to have you. First off, Jerry, on SportsX Radio, so many fans across the country, and of course, uh, you've built up uh, a bunch of people following over the years here on SportsX Radio. But, Jerry, right away out of the gate, Gonzaga, not the same team that we've seen in years past, but they surprised me with a big win at Rupp Arena a few weeks ago, and uh, they'll close out the regular season WCC style with St. Mary's, already lost to the Gales the first time. The Gales, if they didn't lose Jefferson, I would have had that team maybe a Sweet 16 potential team, but I don't know without uh, their best or most athletic player how far they're going to be able to go. But talk to me a little bit about those two teams, Gonzaga and St. Mary's. And again, Jerry, great to have you back on SportsX Radio. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on again. Um, well, let's start with St. Mary's. I- I'm with you. Uh, you know, with Jefferson being out, I think it limits their ceiling 
Uh, they've, they've still done well in the league, but the, the league is them and Gonzaga and an enormous gap to everyone else, and they, they can manage that. Um, but, you know, we'll see what they can do with Gonzaga on their home court at the end of the regular season. That's a much bigger game for Gonzaga than it is for St. Mary's. Uh, and then, of course, the conference tournament. I thought pretty much St. Mary's ceiling is probably a six. Um, I've got them as a seven at the moment, but, um, you know, we'll see how they finish this year, but, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good team, uh, pretty solid, pretty well coached. You know, they, they do what they do, uh, and don't try to do the things they can't. And, uh, so they know their identity. Um, I like them. I just, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what their ceiling is really without Jefferson. I guess we'll find out when they play Gonzaga. Um, and then for the Zags, you know, they've, they've won at Kentucky, but they're three and six against the top two quadrants. Uh, they could get another win tonight uh, against San Francisco at the Chase Center, although it's considered a home game for San Francisco, which would make it quad one. Uh, St. Mary's also quad one, which just goes to show you that not all quad one wins are the same because obviously St. Mary's would be a bigger win than San Francisco. Um, I think that Gonzaga has to beat St. Mary's somewhere if they're going to make the NCAA tournament, whether it's at-large or automatic qualifier. Uh, I don't think they're going to make it if they're 0-3 against St. Mary's. He is Jerry Palm, and he does this year-in-year-out bracketologist over there at CBS Sports, and I just love talking this stuff, all the different things that they know, that they've got this quad one, quad two, and then losses sometimes come into play. And we know UNLV and Kevin Kruger, the team, got out to a slow start, and they have a couple horrendous losses. The loss to Air Force by 38 at home, but they avenged that loss with a big-time route in Colorado Springs, and then they avoided an upset the other night in Laramie, were able to beat Wyoming. They've won nine of their last ten Mountain West games. They've swept New Mexico. They did beat Colorado State the last time. How important is it for UNLV to run the table in the regular season? That will give them a chance to maybe uh, be right there within a game or possibly uh, maybe co-tie there for the Mountain West. Just depends how things work out. But one of those games would be next Tuesday at Thomas and Mack against San Diego State. And, of course, then they would also have a chance to avenge a home loss, their only loss in their last 10 to Nevada. They'd have to do that up at Lawler Event Center up in Reno. And I'm just thinking the Rebs, as well as they've played, they do have that Dollar Loan Center win right there in Henderson, Nevada, by a good route over Creighton, a very good Creighton team. They did lose a heartbreaker on a neutral court to St. Mary's there at the buzzer. Your take on UNLV, do they need to run the table and finish 20-10 and 10 in the regular season and get those two big wins over San Diego State and Nevada to have a good shot to get an at-large bid? They don't have any shot at an at-large bid, and the reason for that is three quad four losses. That's just really hard to overcome. The losses to Loyola, Southern, and Air Force, uh, there just isn't really anything they can do to overcome that with a little bit of time left in the regular season. For UNLV, the only path to the tournament is to win the conference tournament, which they host. So that's always an advantage for them. Uh, And the way they're playing, maybe they could – I would not be surprised if they pulled that off. But that's the only path to the NCAA tournament is to win the Mountain West tournament. Wow, that's hard to believe. I mean, I get it. The losses in the Southern game was the first game of the year, and Southern turned out to be a pretty decent team in their conference. But, I mean, they swept New Mexico, including winning at the pit. And then beat Colorado State. I mean, Utah State, 
boy, that game, I don't know if you saw it, Jerry, was a five-point play with the Rebels up four with waning seconds to go, yeah, and they called. The highlight yeah, of it anyway. Yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a ridiculous foul call. It was uh, really a clear-out foul call, and, and the guy that made the call was so far behind the play, I don't even know. He just saw the guy go down, and I guess, you know, from his angle, it looked like it was a clear-out. Uh, probably shouldn't have been called, but nonetheless, they lose that game. Otherwise, they're sitting tied for the Mountain West lead right now. And, yeah. uh, you know, but it's it it, anything. Mean, Your conference performance is not mm-hmm. relevant to the selection process. You, yeah, but it is. But Jerry, why? Season. Yeah, but why isn't it? If you have six, you have six other teams from the Mountain West in there. Okay. That's what the committee's decided. You're judged okay. on your entire season. Not, not how you perform in your league. That's only two thirds of your season. You're judged so on your Colorado, so, so you're telling me, and you've got Colorado State in there right now. So you're telling me if Colorado State, who's eight and eight in the conference, if they finish under 500, that they're okay? If all you've got is conference, if, if all you're going to give me is conference performance, you're not making a case for anybody. That's not true, though, Jerry. Jerry, it's not true because if you go to the Big 12, it it's is, the best Ken. conference. Ken. But, Jerry, Jerry, if the Big 12 is the best conference, matter. right? It doesn't matter. What matters is what you've done over the course of your entire season. Right. Conference standings aren't even on the team sheet. They don't care what you did in your league, other than it's part of who you are. But right, if, if but all it, you're going to give me is conference standings, you're not making an argument for anybody. I, no, no, no. I, 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 no I, and I understand that as far as if your conference sucks and you win the conference, big no, whip de do matter. It doesn't matter how good your conference is. How you perform in your league is not criteria, period. Even though, not, even though that's two-thirds of the not. season, that's 20 of your 30 games. It's part of who you are. It's not all of who you are. So it's obviously those games are on your team sheet, but nowhere do they say on their team sheet, where did you finish in your league? What's your league record? They don't okay. care. I get it. Okay, so let me let me just give you a scenario that I'm going to just throw out there and probably wouldn't happen. But let's just say, for just for the odds of argumentative sake, let's say that Kansas lost to Southern in their opener. And then Kansas dropped another game to Oklahoma State, the, one of the worst teams, or who's ever one of the bottom dwellers in their conference, right? A team with maybe two conference wins, and they lose. In that league. Okay, okay, so that's... But, uh, but what I'm trying to say is if, if they started out, say, say they lost, they, maybe they were down a play or two, who knows, maybe they lose two or three games to teams that are so far down uh, below their uh, you know, Big 12 benchmark that they're going to have. And then they go 18-2 and two in the Big 12, and you know, there's other teams. That are, you're, you're telling me that, that that conference, the strength of the Big 12 conference, wouldn't come into play. It has nothing to do with anything if they had losses, bad losses losses early in the first 10 games that would come into play and override what they did in the big 12. The strength of the big 12 conference comes into play because it's part of their strength of schedule. Okay. So, but the fact, so what about the mountain West, the mountain West, you have, you have six teams, you have six teams from the mountain West in your bracketology. You're not listening. No, I'm listening. The, the fact that they did well in the big 12 doesn't mean anything. But the fact that there's a bunch of Big 12 wins on their schedule and those are really good teams that they beat, that does matter. So the strength of the league matters because of the quality of the teams that you get to play through that part of your schedule. Right. But the fact that they're 18-2 and two in the league doesn't mean anything to anybody. 
So got you got to get off the conference performance, Ken. As long as you're going to give me conference performance, you're going nowhere. No, no, I, I, I get it. But you just, but what you just said, you just said that Kansas, based on the Big 12 being strong, that would come into play because of their strength of schedule. And so you have six other teams it, besides you. It impacts you. their strength of schedule. But their league being strong impacts their strength of schedule. The committee mm-hmm. doesn't sit around and talk about the Big 12 being strong, but they see a bunch of really good wins on mm-hmm. Kansas's ledger. That right. some of which would have come from their conference, and some right. of which don't. That's, right. that's true of everybody. But they're not going to sit there and say, well, they went 18-2 and two in the league, or the Big 12 is good. They don't talk about the conference at all. Right, right. No, I, 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 I get it. Okay, I, okay. So let, let, no, no, I, I, I get Jerry. I get it. So let me throw out the conference. I'm saying because you have six other teams from that conference that are on UNLV's schedule, that they play them all twice – that those wins should mean something more. In other words, it does. So, it's just not so, enough to overcome three quad four losses. It does mean something. It's just not okay. enough. Okay. I, my, my, my reasoning was if UNLV finishes 20 and 10 overall and New Mexico finishes 20 and 10 and UNLV swept New Mexico, how does New Mexico get in over UNLV? That's huh? Because that's only two games. That's not the entire season. Okay. So head to head means nothing then. Uh, I'm set, head-to-head can be a tiebreaker, but this this would not be a tie. New Mexico's okay. profile is demonstrably better than, than UNLV's, period, and it doesn't matter how many times UNLV beats them. It's still going okay. to be true. Okay. It's the right, entire like to... season. It's not two games. It's sure, not I know. I get it. games in your league. All of it. I got it. I got it. The win over Creighton was pretty big, too, and it was a blowout win for UNLV as well. Yeah, so. a great team. Yep, it's a great team. Okay. All right. I just, uh, when I, when I watch a team, sorry, it's almost sorry like, to, sorry to, no, 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 no. I'm just saying it, it sucks because in college football, they look at what you've done lately down the stretch and don't tell me the committee doesn't. So if a team's won, if they, they dropped don't. a game, if they dropped a game they early no recency bias in what they do. Okay. In fact, they just, well, they just gave us their top 16 and had two examples on there of recency bias, not meaning anything. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I'm wrong then. I, 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 audience, I am wrong. I'm, no, no, that's okay. If I see a team win nine of their last ten games and they beat good teams that are better than them uh, earlier in the year, but then they come back and they start ago, playing their best ball. Huh? 20 years ago that would have mattered. 20, okay. when they actually did care how you finished the year 20 years ago and then they did away with it. Got it. So you're telling me that if UNLV – wins their last three games, and gets to the final of the Mountain West Tournament and loses to San Diego State in overtime, they're not getting in. That's pretty much it, yeah. they got to win the league. Okay. I will hold that to you, and I will bet you anything that if that happens, I I, I pray that happens because I will bet you anything that they get in. Okay. That will, be, that will be dinner on me anywhere you want to go in Vegas. That includes the nicest restaurant out here, buddy, and there's a lot of them. Because if they go 20-10 and 10 and then get to the finals of the Mountain West and they lost an OT or a close game, a two-point, three-point game to they San Diego State. The, the committee doesn't care about scoring margin either. They don't even so care lose, about that either. Lose by 20, lose by two, doesn't matter. Really? Okay. That is, uh, that is kind of crazy that uh, that's the way it is. But if that's, if that's really the criteria and they stick to that, then, then God bless him because I've talked oh, to Jim Livengood and what well, good. Only, only one team 
in the 30 years that I've been doing this, right. managed to get an at-large bid with three quad four losses. They weren't called quadrants back then. It was USC in 2011. So 30 years, one team made it. So I guess there's hope. There you go. That's it. That's it. So, so you're saying there is a chance. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, I just I just was kind of trying to figure this out, and I looked and I said, okay, they've got two big games coming up against two teams that you already have in San Diego State and Nevada. So I looked and I said, okay, San Jose State should be a gimme on Saturday. But, again, I get it. You lose to Air Force, you lose to Southern, and they had another loss you, uh, you talked about as well. Uh, that that was not good. Uh, you said three quadrant four losses. So if that's how the criteria, okay. If that's the uh, yeah, if that's if if that's the criteria that uh, that it is. Once you have three quad four losses, you're out unless you win your pretty conference much. tournament. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that's been the case for thirty years, with one exception. Okay. I, I, that was a weird glad, year, too, by the way. No, 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 and, and, and I get it. Well, I also remember I was calling games in the Big West when two Big West teams made it, Utah State and Pacific, back in the day with Thomason and um, Stu Morrill, and it was the only time ever that the Big West had two teams, and they both finished, I think, 26-5, and five, and then they played each other in the Big West final, and I think that game went overtime, on, uh, and, and uh, I forget who won or who lost. What's that? What year was that? Do you remember? Uh, it was, I want to say it, what, 2001, maybe 2002, yeah. something like that. It's yeah, the only, it's the only yeah, it's the only year where Thomason was coaching uh, Pacific and Stu Morrow was coaching Utah state. And I used to call games for Long Beach state and for UC Riverside, UC Riverside actually called in 1995 when they were division two, the first year I call them, Jerry, they go all the way to the national championship game against Bruce Pearl in Southern Indiana. I mean, unbelievable. Oh, yeah. You know, you just. Can't make this stuff up. All right, real quick, got a Baylor. Division one. Yes, now they are, yes. And so is UC Riverside. So is Long, I mean, well, Long Beach State has been. But a lot of these teams making the jump up don't know how good it is. Jerry, if I could keep you for uh, maybe another five, ten minutes, if I take a quick break, is that okay? Or do you have another uh, another sure. interview? No. Okay, no, beautiful. Because I, I spent the whole time arguing with you, and uh, I'd like to get some <laughs> stuff in from the listeners as well. Sports well, X Radio, that's different. what – no, but you know what, Jerry Palm, that's why you do what you do. You're on top of it, you're unflappable, and you were ready for KT's onslaught. And, of course, the hometown Vegas fans love that I'm at least sticking up for Kevin Kruger and UNLV. But they've got work to do, and now at least everybody won't be surprised if they did what I said and then didn't make it. Then they won't be surprised because Jerry Palm will have said it right here. I've, on I've Sports actually been telling people that UNLV is, to me is like a, somebody you pay attention to that, that could steal a bid from somebody by winning their league. There you the go. There you go. He is Jerry Palm. Follow him on X at JPP at JP Palm CBS. And is it CBS Sports, Jerry, or just JP? Yeah. It's okay. JP, CBS no, Sports. JP Palm CBS. JP Palm CBS. CBS. All right. Right there on X. Sports X Radio 101.5 FM Cato on streaming worldwide on that Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson with Jerry Palm. We'll come right back. We're going to talk about a big game coming up in Waco on Saturday as well with Baylor. And how good is Houston? Are they the team to beat? They're sitting number one right now. What about Purdue? Zach Eady and the guys, can they do what Virginia did? Lose as a one seed to a 16 and follow it up the following year by winning the whole enchilada. We'll get Jerry's take when we come back. SportsX Radio as we roll on through a throwback Thursday odyssey app download it now it is free it is worldwide and 101.5 fmk dawn mark hoke takes us to break we'll be right back to wrap up the hour
little Rod Stewart coming back on a throwback Thursday. Mark Hook's been in the hits. KT rocking and rolling, ranting, getting into it with Jerry Palm, CBS Sports bracketologist, trying to defend UNLV, but really didn't have a chance when Jerry starts throwing stats at me with the quadrant four losses. Good God, UNLV got work to do. Coach Krugs, let's get it together, guys. Take those last three and then get some momentum going into the tournament, which will be at Thomas and Mack, as Jerry pointed out. All right, Jerry, let's talk a little Big 12 because Houston really looks solid. That kid Shed can flat out play. He's got a great inside-outside game, and Kelvin Sampson, no question, can coach defense, and this team gets enough offense. Uh, nearly ran into a buzzsaw in the second half against Baylor and blew that 15-point lead, but in overtime, that shows you something. When a team squanders a lead like that on the road, all the momentum's mm-hmm. with the home team, and then they find a way to come back, still win it by six. Pretty impressive stuff. Is Houston the best team in the country. I mean, do you feel, I know they're ranked number one, but do you feel that they are the team to beat? No, I don't think there is a team to beat, but I'll give you three. Purdue, Connecticut, Houston. The team, that, that collection, like if I were betting, right, and okay. you said, well, do you want Houston or the field? I'm taking the field. But if you're going to say you can have Houston, Purdue, and UConn together or the field, I'm definitely taking those three. That is great uh, no. that you said that, Jerry. I said I gave that exact scenario to Andy Isco last night. He ended up taking the field just because now I know the, the matchups and everything have to come out, and those are all going to be number one seats, so they're not going to be in the same, in the same uh, you know, region. You never but, know, right? Yep. I mean, you know, that's what makes the tournament fun. But those three have separated themselves from even the fourth number one to the point where if they each lost twice between now and Selection Sunday – they would still be the top three teams in the bracket. Yep. I agree with you 100%. That's how far ahead they are. They're different teams. I mean, you described Houston pretty well. Great defensive team. Shed's an All-American. You know, well-coached, very solid, committed to what they do, and they do it well. And that's actually true for all three of these teams. Mm -hmm. Um, UConn, the defending champ, has a lot of guys back from that team. Really athletic guard, the 7-2 center who's pretty good. Um, you know, and then you've got Purdue national player of the year and Zach Eady going to be the national player of the year. Again, there's no solution for defending him. UConn might have the best chance because of Klingon. Uh, but if he gets into foul trouble, I, they haven't got a whole lot to tell us that they can do. Um, and Zach falls out just about everybody's front line, you know, every game, it seems like. Um, so, you know, those three teams, uh, and Purdue's guards are much better this year. Lance Jones has mm-hmm. been a tremendous addition to Purdue. No so, question. Um, so for Purdue, you know, it's, they're trying to repeat what Virginia did. Mm-hmm. And the odd thing, you know, I guess coincidental about what Virginia did was they won their Elite Eight game on a fluke play against Purdue that year. Wow. So, um, so I guess Purdue's going to have to get Virginia in their bracket so that they can really pay them all back. Um, there you go. There but, yeah, you go. Purdue's definitely got what it takes to win the whole thing. Connecticut definitely has what it takes to repeat. Houston definitely has what it takes to win the whole thing. And other teams do as well. Like, I think Arizona's really good. I think Carolina's really good. R.J. Davis is, has been tremendous for them. Um, you know, Tennessee is probably going to win the SEC. I like Marquette a lot. Uh, and they're probably finished second in their league because UConn's in their league. 
Um, you can't rule out Kansas, but their depth is a problem. Baylor's really good. I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there this year, but three have really separated themselves at the top of the bracket, and that's Purdue, Connecticut, and Houston. There you go. Now, I, I do like the way Kentucky's been playing and finding a way to win that game in Starkville the other night was nice, but they are young still and uh, do make mistakes, but they can flat out get up and down like they did on Alabama a couple games ago. So uh, what about teams that rely on the offense solely, Kentucky and Alabama? Do they have a shot? Sure. Um, I mean, the question of, you know, for those teams is can you get a stop when you need one? And, you know, the, things get tight in the NCAA tournament, and sometimes you need to be able to do it. But, I mean, I think you can reasonably argue, if you look at everybody's top ten players, pure talent, Kentucky's got the best top ten of anybody. But some of that's youth. Some of it's been hurt off and on. They haven't really been able to put it all together. If they ever do put it all together, Kentucky's going to be a sixth seed in somebody's region and going to the Final Four. You know, it's, it's just how it is. Um, but they've got to put it all together, and they're running out of time to do that. But they've certainly shown glimpses of being able to do that and, and where they still have to really put in a lot of work is defense. Um, no doubt about it. They can it. outscore some teams, but they, they just – I don't know that they can always outscore their defense. And when you get to the NCAA tournament, it only takes one time that you can't, you're done. Great stuff. Jerry Palm, always love having you on. I'm looking forward to uh, Houston and Iowa State because both those defenses are so good. But if they go yeah. into a lull They're offensively, the yeah, they are they are challenged offensively at times, both those teams. But they're well-coached. Otzelberger, an underrated coach. Yep. And, of course, Sampson's been doing it for a long time. Should be a lot of fun. Shaka Smart's got Marquette playing well. And Rick Barnes, yep. I mean, you got Dallas Connect, and he can connect from anywhere on that floor. That's for darn yeah. sure. That you is know, good stuff. You know, it's funny because – Purdue beat Tennessee in the Maui Invitational. And Dalton Connect hadn't really caught fire yet. But now, I mean, he went from, you know, a guy finding his way on a new team to, like, first-team All-American level play. It's, it's just tremendous what he's done, you know, just as his growth this season. Uh, but what he's been able to do from Tennessee, now he transferred from, like, northern Colorado to Tennessee and – you know, what a tremendous addition he's been to that team. And he'll be the difference if Tennessee wins the league and goes on to a deep tournament run. It's going to be because of the growth of Dalton Connect. Great stuff from Jerry Palm, SportsX Radio 101.5, FM one hour in the books, one hour to go. Jerry, appreciate you big time. Hope to have you on. I know you're busier than busy, but sometime before or after or sometime on an off night, uh, we'll get you back on before the tournament and during the tournament. Thank you so much for always accommodating my show. You are awesome, my man. Uh, well, anytime. You know where to find me. Uh, thanks I for having me on f- again. I appreciate you, and I'll buy you dinner anyway whenever you do get out to Vegas just for uh, taking KT's rant. And uh, Jerry Palm, just uh, I couldn't flap. I couldn't get him to flap at all. And he just said, nope, sorry, KT. Good tie, good good try, but you got to win that Mountain West Conference tournament. So now we know what the Rebs got to do. All right, hour number two coming up. We're going to stay college basketball heavy with David Deneen joining me at the top of the hour, my good buddy from Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo, and the leader in the VEASAN contest. And then at 7-26-27, right around there, head coach Lindy LaRock, the Lady Rebels. My goodness, we're rocking and rolling. Bad news. Golden Knights fell 5-4 in Beantown. SportsX Radio will be right back. Hour number two, Mark Hoke producing 101.5 FM Dawn and the Odyssey app. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, uh, KT, back hour number two. We are PSR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Panache and Rabaputi, the best in personal injury, over $5 billion for their clients in verdicts and settlements the last five years. SoCal for a long time. You're number five here in the Vegas Valley. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice is PSR Law. My good pal Brian Panache, senior partner, 702. You got that area code? 560-5520. 560-5520. My buddy Dave Deneen going to join me in just a sec. Mark Hoke, of course, producing. Thanks to Jerry Palm. He took an earful from KT, and I did uh, text Jerry. We were having fun on it as far as uh, the UNLV saga situation. It is not making KT a happy camper, knowing that if they went 20-10, and 10, went to the Mountain West Conference Final, I mean the, uh, the, the final there as far as the conference final at Thomas Mack and lost an overtime game to San Diego State, they're going to tell me they're not getting in the tournament. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, but you know what? That's what Jerry said. That's the way it goes as far as those three quad four losses. Only one time has it happened where a team has made it. Uh, and he was talking about that a little bit earlier. Uh, update real quick. couple games rolling as far as in the association. Spurs and Thunder, 80-75 to San Antonio. 7.28 to go, third quarter there over OKC. And the Suns up 12 on the Rockets, 61-49. Still a minute 26 to go in the first half. Heat and Nuggets coming up. Nuggets minus 6.5, and 214.5. Wizards and Lakers from L.A. Lakers off the big comeback win against the Clippers. Minus 10, 245 is the total. Get into a lot of the college basketball finals in the final segment. I have head coach Lindy LaRock joining me in about 20 minutes from now, 22 minutes from now. But right now, my good buddy David Deneen going to join me, and I love this guy. We used to play hoops all the time when he was down here in uh, the Vegas Valley and, of course, working at UNLV. And it's the greatest thing ever because this guy's an academics advisor, but yet when he was playing at Cal Poly, his GPA was like 2.4. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like KT's assist for his life. And uh, he's still telling Ken Thompson, don't worry, KT. I'll buy you dinner anywhere you want. Just make a left-handed layup off the correct foot, and that'll be good for David Deneen. Dave Deneen joins me right now. He is the leader in the VEASAN contest, and he did make the first three-pointer in the history of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Mustang basketball at the D1 level against Boston College. And as I said, he told me that triggered a 26-4 to run by Boston College. It is great to have him on SportsX Radio. David Deneen, how are you, my buddy? Kenny, what's going on, my man? Uh, I want to set it straight that that GPA was a 2.75, okay? Get out of here. Come on, man. It keeps going up every time. That's because you moved up north now, and the standards up there are not as good, man. No, I'm just teasing. Uh, Of course, uh, uh, you're up there uh, working at Nevada, uh, but that's the best, man, academics administration. And I look and I see your picture there. And you know what? You, You look the part, though. You actually do look the part. I mean, and then, you know, when you're on the court, I would say this. If you majored in basketball IQ, I mean, you'd be a 4-0. 
uh, hands down. You are one of the sharpest, and that's why I always wondered why you didn't get into coaching full-time. You did do it assistant-wise for a while, and you're like, well, KT, you know, if you can you know, handle living on ramen noodles for seven years, then maybe you get a shot at one of those big contracts. But uh, I know that's still uh, something that you do enjoy. You enjoy probably helping out the kids. You've always done that, paying attention to people when they're shooting, and you are one heck of a shooter. And I always tell people, I told it on Matt Human's show, and I was there. It was a, I, I want to say maybe 6.15, maybe 5.45 in the morning. You had to work at UNLV, and we went over to the 24-hour fitness at TROP, and we did that three-man drill, wing-to-wing, shooting threes, and you made 43 out of 44 because I counted them, and I'll never forget. And I was like, who the hell gets up this early and can make that many threes? I mean, it's unbelievable, Deneen. You are one of the best shooters I've ever seen. You're a pure shooter, and you just have that great arc, and you have a ridiculous range. As good as my range was, your range was always a little bit better. You and I had some great times playing, Kenny. I was just kind of taking a stroll down memory lane here, and I met you in 2005 at that 24-hour fitness on Silverado Ranch Road there. And, yep. um, hey, don't sell yourself short. You would always get that rebound and run out to that that right corner, and I could never contest <laughs> it. And you'd shoot it from 25, 28 feet, and you just sling that thing. Are you still hitting shots? I am. I actually shot today. You know, the back has been a little bit tight. You get up there in years, and, you know, that back, not what it used to be. But I'd rather have the uh, the lower back problems every now and then. The knees are still good, everything else okay. So can't complain. And, uh, yeah, still launching the threes. I mean, that's still my go-to as far as the relief stress. And I do miss our little one-on-one games because that was always a lot of fun. I knew even if I didn't win against you that at least they were fun games. And I knew that if I did beat you in any of the games that – I had to earn it because you, uh, again, you don't leave too much margin for error because you're somebody that can indeed uh, knock down, you know, 12, 15 in a row, no problem. It was, it was always a great sweat, Kenny, and you, you shouldn't sell yourself short. Are you 62 now? Yeah, the big 6'2", yes. I mean, I mean, come on, 62 and still hooping. I mean, that's I'm, – I'm coming up on 52. I have aspirations of playing until uh, I'm 62, and I'll just follow your lead. There you go. I'll keep it going, and uh, yeah, maybe we can, uh, you know, in, in eight more years, we can join the uh, sixty and over league. That would be great. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is great. Stuff. I don't know about me. Yeah, yeah. You'll be playing, Deneen. You know what? That's the whole thing. As long as I can physically do it, I will do it. I enjoy it, and uh, like Satchel Page, the great pitcher that pitched in the Negro leagues for so many years, and then went on late in his career to get a shot at the major leagues, but said, if you didn't know how old you are, how old would you be? Which I always kind of thought, wow, that's, that's great. Cause right now, I mean, I don't feel, you know, any different from 40 and 62. I really don't. I mean, yes, if I don't stretch now and Dave, that was a problem. I think for a lot of us older folks that, you know, you were always good. You were, and you knew it. You, you would stretch before you would get there. You would ride the bike and I would stretch for, you know, three minutes and then go out there and hoop and, and then not even stretch after the games. But now as I got, I've gotten older and I've learned, yes, you need to, you know, stretch out before and then stretch again after. And so now I'm doing that. But of course I waited all those years to do it, but that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, when you start understanding, you can't just get out there and do it and then just go to work and sit at a computer computer or or whatever and uh be able to make it through the day without the back tightening up i've learned the hard way but uh nonetheless nothing else i'd rather do than shoot some hoops with Deneen on an afternoon and always enjoyed it david but uh 
you're doing a hell of a job in the VEASAN contest. First place, taking care of business in a big way, 14-6, and six, and you got jobbed on the UC Riverside ending. You should be 15-5, and five, but nonetheless, you'll take it, my man. First place, taking care of business. We get some time off this week and uh, conference tournament week, and then we come back. we got to put in 12 plays before the uh, first two days of March Madness, that Thursday, Friday, and then six more for the Sweet 16 Thursday, Friday, and then two in the Final Four and some tiebreakers involved. But the way things are going, those tiebreakers won't be needed if Deneen just holds serve as far as taking care of business, D.D. Yeah, we'll see here. This is where the plot thickens, as they say, Kenny. Somebody like you, who, who you know, you scour the board. You, you can talk about Wagner at LeMoyne or Sacred Heart and Stonehill and all these small Division One teams. <laughs> uh, now we're going to be all looking at the same games. You know, this, this is where it's going to get interesting because I think, you know, I, I'm more of a West Coast guy. I like talking about the history of basketball, the coaches, the travel, things like that. So um, we had tw- or 20 picks in, 20 more to go. So this thing uh, should get interesting quick. That's funny you said that because I looked at LeMoyne minus the point and a half against Wagner today. <laughs> <laughs> and they covered. They won it by 14, it yeah. Yeah, yeah, they won it by 14. Yeah. Uh, I would have had to sweat out uh, Gardner-Webb. I love them. They were up 22 at the half. They hold on. They win by three, laying two and a half, closing number. Uh, beat Longwood 72-69. So crazy stuff. The big win by Ohio State. I gave them out last night, and they were fortunate that uh, they were able to get a big game down the stretch from battle to beat Nebraska 78-69. David, you love the West Coast basketball. You follow these coaches. You know a lot of them personally, and uh, that helped you. In the Cal State Northridge win that you gave out last week, they were down at half but came back and beat Fullerton. Uh, you liked the the coach there, and and I thought that would come into play, and it did. And they got the five point win. But again, you know a lot of these guys. Tell me a little bit about Kyle Smith. He's going to be joining us on Monday here, SportsX Radio, head coach of Washington State. Because I know you know Kyle. Yeah, I, you know it's funny. You go back thirty years. Kyle Smith was an assistant at the University of San Diego. And the other assistant at the time was Randy Bennett, who, who's been at St. Mary's for like 23 years now. And we were really bad. We were a first-year Division One team. Um, we played them twice that year. They had, you know, they were an average WCC team. Um, they, their point guard was David Fisdale, who, you know, went on to be a head coach in the NBA. But we, we lost to them down there at USD. And I remember Kyle coming up to me after the game and saying, don't hang your head, you know, like everything's going to be all right, because we were just getting thumped every game. But I still remember that. It's coming up on 30 years ago when he was a young assistant. And then he went, when Randy Bennett became the head coach at St. Mary's, he was his assistant for a long time, and they had a lot of success building that program. And then, you know, he got the Columbia job, and then he came back and coached at the University of San Francisco. Now he's working miracles up there at Washington State. Um, you would think he'd be open or, you know, he should be able to get an even bigger job after this year um, if he wants it. You think, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, especially with the uh, the demise of the Pac-12, which is absolutely heartbreaking for me, David. I, I just don't understand, uh, you know, the greed that was involved in all this to watch a historic conference just fall by the wayside and I think it's really going to hit home after basketball and again I told people I go you can't ask for a conference out of all the power five conferences there is no conference that is set up 
geographically as well as the Pac-12, where you have Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, Cal, Stanford, USC, UCLA, Arizona, Arizona State, and then they add it Utah and Colorado. I mean, it's absolutely the perfect road trips to go on, the two games for basketball and the other sports, and now you're going to have, oh, hey, it's awesome, uh, Washington, where are they? Oh, they're playing uh, Maryland and uh, Rutgers this week. I mean, come on, in tennis, you know, like like who yeah. cares, right? Yeah, I, yeah, and I, I know – like, I, I think this is where you and I hit it off. I mean, from your days calling games at UC Riverside to Long Beach State, you've had half of these guys on your show, these coaches, over the last 15 years. I, I remember listening to you and Chuck Edel on, on Coastline Sports back in 2005. Yeah. You, you guys had a lot of these coaches on. So I don't claim to be – I'm not a professional gambler at all. I just like talking about the history of the game. I'll talk about the spreads and try to beat this thing, but I'm not throwing serious money at this at all. But – um I, I could talk for hours just like you can about, you know, West Coast basketball. No doubt about it. Utah, a game tonight, they're up 20 on Stanford five minutes to go. I said I could only take the Utes. The line was eight, and it stayed eight, and that surprised me. And uh, 5.02 to go, but their light's out there in Salt Lake City every now and then. They'll have a blemish. The one game that really did, well, there's a couple games that surprised me. Uh, Washington State, when they were able to go to Arizona, I thought they'd cover the spread and it went up to 13-and-a-half. But for them to win that game outright, that was pretty impressive, knowing that they had a three-point win there in Pullman. Usually Arizona is a team historically that avenges those types of losses in the Pac-12, especially when they get you at the McHale Center in Tucson. And they're, you know, they're a decent team. I really feel that if they had Creasa, the uh, kid that transferred to West Virginia, that they would be legit as far as to win the whole thing. I think he left. He screwed himself up by going there because they're not going to make the tournament. And he screwed up Arizona as well because Arizona is not going to win it, I don't think, without that extra scorer from the backcourt. Yeah, for Washington State to go in there and win that game, I think they were 14-point dogs. I mean, come on, man. I mean, the guy that went off for Washington State that game was playing at D2 Sonoma State last year. You know, I mean, that's just this just goes to show that there are players everywhere and they'll find you. But, you know, the, the transfer portal and not having to sit out now. Um, but that just goes to show, I mean, um, Kyle Smith to be able to go down there to the desert and steal that game. What a win. What a win, Kenny. Yeah, talk to me about uh, the Pac-12. Is there anybody uh, outside of Arizona? I mean, can Washington State, do you expect them to be able to make any type of run to the Sweet 16? Are they good enough to get there? The only way they could do that is if a team just lays an egg, I think. You know, they might be able to steal the first-round game, but, you know, they're going to need a team to go four for 22 from the three, you know, I mean, they're always going to block out. I think they only send, like, one guy to the offensive board, so they're going to have four guys back waiting for you. But, you know, these teams are so good, Kenny. And when it when you start playing these NCAA games, they a lot of, you know, you have time to prepare and they get a ton of film. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if they can win two, but they can definitely steal one. All right, the game you like tonight uh, just got underway, right? Or, or, or did it? Did you – Oh no! Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying to remember. There's, there's five five minutes into the game. I have UC Irvine minus seven. It, they're up seventeen to four, so they're off to a good start. Wow! Yeah, that's what you told me. Yeah. The Anteaters minus yeah. seven at the Matadome, and you liked Northridge last week, but Irvine's definitely the the class of the Big West. 
Uh, they're definitely the best team in the Bren Center. They're always, they've always been tough, but uh, yeah, I don't see anybody beating the Anteaters. And of course, that tournament will be at the Dollar Loan Center right here in Henderson. Uh, you expect who do you expect to give them a run? I know UCSD is a team that got them last week, and uh, that's a good Triton team. The boys from La Jolla can flat out shoot it. Yeah, those teams. I mean, there's a very good chance they'll end up playing for the automatic bid. You know, out there in Henderson, it should be Irvine and UCSD. Santa Barbara's not accomplished what they probably thought they were going to get done this year. So, you know, Irvine. God, Kenny, that, that was the other team I had in that contest. Irvine was up three with four seconds to go, and they opted not to foul. UCSD makes a three, and then they went in overtime. So, But Russell Turner, he, he's been at UC Irvine, the head coach, for about 14 years. He's still one, one of the few coaches that plays size. You know, they'll just pound the ball inside. Uh, so that's where they kind of have the advantage. So if UCSD plays Irvine in that Big West championship game – you know, Irvine should be able to win that game, and I would imagine it would be a lot lower scoring when they played last Saturday. All right, so two games left that I want to get to with you real quick. Uh, see if you can't uh, give me a little insight on these games. Gonzaga at San Francisco, the line was the Zags 5. Dropped down to 3.5, it's back to 4. Every time San Francisco seems to have one of these games that is they got a shot to win on their home court, very rarely do they do it, and sometimes they even get blown out. But this is a pretty good San Francisco team. Are they good enough to beat the Zags? I know Gonzaga's got to have a lot of confidence after getting that win at Rupp Arena, even though you know Kentucky ended up losing three in a row, especially as you see the Kentucky team that's playing now. Uh, what about the Zags? Because they do have St. Mary's on deck, and that's the other game. St. Mary's is at Pepperdine. They're laying 15, 15 and a half in that one. And I've got a buddy, uh, Jerry, that uh, really likes, Jerry Weslow, he really likes uh, Pepperdine in this game. They got beat down, I think it was like 101 to 59. Uh, it was really a, a bad beatdown, a 40-plus point beatdown. And he said because St. Mary's is playing Gonzaga, they're not really going to look much into this game. And at Firestone over there in Malibu, probably won't be a great crowd unless people go out to see St. Mary's. But what about those last two games? Gonzaga, minus four at San Fran. St. Mary's, minus 15 at Pepperdine. So if you look at Gonzaga, uh, you, you could argue that that program took about a five- to seven-point hit when Tommy Lloyd took the job at Arizona. He was the one that was bringing in all those players for, for Mark Few all those years. So when he left, you're going to take a hit. Um, if there was ever a throwaway game, because if you're Gonzaga, right, you're probably just saying, we're probably going to play St. Mary's in the, in the championship game or the WCC tournament, like they do every year, it seems, out at the Orleans and Vegas. So if even if USF wins this game, like they, they could win it, it and they, they might, um, it's really no big deal because Gonzaga, the whole thing comes down to the conference tournament, right? I mean, so this game means a lot more to USF than Gonzaga. Um, so gun to my head, I would take USF plus four for sure. And then St. Mary's without Jefferson, a big loss athleticism-wise. I mean, they still have shooters. There's no doubt Mahaney can flat out play and Dukas can shoot it. And they've got a, a couple other decent players as well, but – uh, Jefferson, really the guy athleticism wise that gave them, uh, so, some of that athletic prowess that they need as far as the NCAA tournament. But what about lane 15 at Pepperdine? Do you take a shot on the waves or stay away or do you even lay it with St. Mary's? Um, if anything, I'd look under 138. I, 
Randy Bennett, he, he's just an amazing coach. And I say that because I've been to that St. Mary's campus. I mean, Bishop Gorman's campus high school out there in Vegas is probably bigger than St. Mary's. But he just found his niche, you know, uh, with the Australian pipeline. That's how he got it going with Patty Mills, Matthew Dolabadova. Lorenzo Romar at Pepperdine, he kind of just rolls out the ball. Um, I don't know how locked in his team would be this time of year. It's really not a big game. They'll, they'll try to get up for it. But St. Mary's just grinds you to the nub, Kenny. They just they run the same play every time. They throw it into the post, butt ball, butt ball. If that's not there, they kick it out. On ball screen at the top of the key. And then they hope they, you know, hit the shooters in the corner. And they're really good at it. And they defensively, they just never get beat on dribble penetration. So leave it to St. Mary's and Randy Bennett to muck it up. And, and probably, you know, maybe under 138 is the only thing I'd look at. If I could come back again and do it again, I would learn how to dribble the ball a little bit better, learn how to go to my left from David Deneen, and then be on Randy Bennett's team, you in one corner, me in the other, and have a field day. That'd be fun. I spent half my childhood in the corner. I might as well use it to my advantage. David Deneen, appreciate you big time. I'll have you back on SportsX Radio. Continued success. You better win that VEASAN contest, my man. You're doing a great job, and I'd like to see you win it because uh, KT's in a big hole. I'm not quitting, but at the end of the day, i got to jump over about six, seven guys to get there. But at the end of the day, we're not going to quit. But I expect you to take care of business like you always did on the court and off the court as well. Deneen, you're a good man. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, Kenny. Take care. Great stuff from David Deneen. Take a break. Come back with head coach Lindy LaRock. Lady Rebs, they are on a roll. Keep things rolling. SportsX Radio on a throwback Thursday, 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Worldwide Odyssey app. We'll be right back. KT is back. Little autograph coming back. Turn up the radio, baby. Turn it up. Listen to SportsX Radio as we rock and roll on the Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It is a free worldwide app. And, of course, 101.5 FM K-Dawn right here in the Vegas Valley. KT, thanks to David Deneen. Thanks to Jerry Palm, CBS Sports. And now we uh, have our final guest of the evening on the PSR Law Hotline. She is none other than the head coach of the Lady Rebels of UNLV. What a year. 24 and 2. How about 39 of your last 40 Mountain West victories? The only loss, that three point loss to New Mexico. Lady Rebs get it done with a big fourth quarter last night. A 10 0 run needed it at Cox Pavilion to knock off Boise State's Lady Broncos. Coach Lindy LaRock is with us. Coach, you just keep on winning, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. We've uh, got more work to do, but, um, you know, I-, I like where we're at right now and we're uh, gaining some momentum going into postseason play. Coach, how cool is it to win games like last night? Like, of course, as a coach, yeah, it'd be great if we could just blow out everybody, right? I mean, but when you have a game last night on your home court and you know that that only loss in the last 40 was to Mexico and a game like down to the last seconds and the gal makes her 6-3 for the Lady Lobos and all of a sudden the streak's over at 29, but you pick it right back and you win 10 in a row. But a game like last night where the team's not shooting well in the first half and uh, even you know struggling through the first three quarters, 
but really put together a quality fourth quarter when they need it. And that's adversity that I think will bode well as the gals get ready for not only the Mountain West Conference Tournament, but the big dance one more time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. You know, that, that was kind of a great summary, you know, especially the game last night. I think, like you said, the biggest thing is we didn't really play well for three quarters, but um, we played well enough to keep ourselves in the game. You know, we didn't dig some major hole. You know, it was kind of a two, three-point game, you know, the, the whole time. So I kind of knew, you know, I was still confident once we kind of, like, got our got ourselves going and got some stops defensively that, you know, we could make a run and go on a run, um, you know. So I, I credit our team with, with being poised and, and you know, just kind of stay in the course and, and yeah, you know, obviously finding a way to win and, and gutting it out. Key contributors you have. We know Desiree Young is the leader. There's no question this gal has been doing it for you for a while. 19 points, nine boards a game. Then you have Kiara Jackson. She dishes for about five assists a game, shoots it really well from the outside, but she's – not somebody that's going to jack them up a lot, but you've got some other players that come off the bench and some other the other starters that I want to give recognition to. So if you can do that, especially when I see somebody like Durazo Frescas that uh, shoots it well from the outside, because me and David Deneen we were just talking about shooting those threes, and Ashley Scoggin, uh, another one that likes to shoot the threes, but Durazo Frescas can flat out shoot it. I mean, over forty-four percent from downtown that is a lot of fun to see her anytime you get that ball movement going and you find her with an open look as a coach you feel it's probably going in yeah you know like you said obviously we've kind of got some of the you know Desi and and Kiera that maybe get a lot of the attention but you know every every person on our team just plays such a major role in our success we've got great shooters like Durazo Frescas and Ashley Scoggin like you said where you know, every time they shoot it, I, I do I do think it's going in. Um, you know, we've got great athleticism coming off the bench, and Amarati Kempson just having a phenomenal freshman year. You know, Jasmine Law, just a total two-way player, you know, probably the best athlete on our team. Um, you know, and then, of course, like our, our whole post group, group of Neck Obi Eisor and Alyssa Brown, you know, it just, um, you know, it, it, it makes me feel good and, and especially confident going into games that, you know, we have all the skills that we need on our team for whatever the game may call for. Yeah, there's no doubt. And Kimson came up big in a couple games where the starters really struggled, and she just had uh, right game at the right time to bail out a couple more wins. So I love seeing that production off the bench, and I know you too. As uh, uh, sometimes those starters, yeah, they start, but sometimes they don't have their A game. And when you have those gals coming off the bench that are able to pick them up and sometimes even win the game, that's key. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the depth of our bench is just critical to our success, you know, and um, they just have each other's back. You know, everyone's not going to have a great game, you know, every game. Um, but again, they're all ready. And whenever someone's number is called, they step up and, and make the plays that's needed. Yeah, Coach, another thing, when you have these close games and you've had a bunch of them in conference play, how key is it to have a team collectively shooting better than 77% from the charity stripe? I mean, that is huge. I mean, our coach back in Jersey when I was growing up in high school, he said, if you look at these close games and there's six points or less, the decision at the end of the game, you go right to that charity stripe, and I guarantee it nine times out of ten, that's where the game could be won and lost. When you see your team shooting 77.4% as a team collectively, that has to make you feel confident in those close games. 
Yeah, I mean, really to shoot over 75% is, you know, kind of really what you're asking for. And it, it's not just the efficiency there, but how many we shoot, you know, because we're aggressive, we attack the paint, um, you know, so we're getting to the free throw line a lot. So when you're getting there a lot, you, you want to make majority of them. And, and we've done a pretty good job at that. No doubt about it. Okay, so we're winding down conference play and business as usual. Lady Reb's going to go for it and try and uh, win the last few. And then the Mountain West Tournament, which is great. It's right here. And I'll tell you what, I think Thomas and Mac is just going to be, oh, it's just going to be crazy with the men's tournament up in the air with seven, eight teams that really have a, a realistic shot to win that. And then the ladies' tournament with you being the one seed and, of course, right here in Vegas. I mean, it is going to be wall-to-wall people at Thomas and Mac, which is great because we have five tournaments here in the Vegas Valley. Now, uh, the WCC tournament, I think, starts before the rest of them. But it is going to be a lot of fun uh, that second week in March as we look forward to uh, Mountain West Conference tournament time. And how exciting is that for you? I mean, I know you, you, everybody's gunning for you, so you're the targeted one. You're the hunted, not the hunter, and uh, trying to defend, you know, uh, what you did last year and you continue to excel with this team. Do you like uh, knowing that you have that target on your back going into that uh, home court gym there and uh, trying to take care of business for the hometown fans? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it's nice not to travel, just kind of eliminate, you know, some of that adversity a little bit um you know the the conference does such a good job of kind of kicking us out of our own spot so you know it it really doesn't totally even feel like a home court advantage at all um but you know obviously we're the one seed and we're happy to win the regular season uh but we know you know the conference tournament is, is where you're made you know and anything can happen um you know the seedings matter just for the matchups but after that anyone can beat anyone so we've got to come with our A game, you know, three times in, in three days to, uh, you know, get the automatic bid, uh, you know, to guarantee ourselves going to the NCAA tournament where we want to be. There you go. She is head coach Lindy LaRock. You can follow her on X that way, at Lindy LaRock, L-A-R-O-C-Q-U-E is how you spell the last name, at UNLV Lady Rebels for the team. And, of course, your dad, an iconic coach at Durango, and you played there, and then you go on to Stanford, played for the winningest coach in ladies' basketball history in Tara Vandeveer. What an icon she is. And uh, I was uh, texting you a few weeks ago, following right in her footsteps, just the way you want, just piling those wins up. Tell me a little bit about basketball growing up here in the Vegas Valley and playing over there at Durango. And, of course, your dad being iconic as far as the men's basketball team. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm born and raised, uh, you know, a Vegas native. And uh, this community, you know, means the world to me. I, uh, obviously, I'm I'm a total product of of the friends, the family, um, the people that have been here for a long time. You know, obviously there's a lot of transient people, but, you know, there's a lot of us that have been here for a long time. So I went away for a few years and kind of grew up and got my adult life going. But it's been, you know, so rewarding to kind of be back here to represent, you know, Las Vegas on, on what I consider the highest stage at UNLV, to be able to share it with my parents and my family and to start my family here, you know, back in Vegas and just having all the support, um, you know, to me, there, there's nothing better because success is great, you know, but if, if you can't share it, you know, very much with the ones you love, then it, it doesn't, you know, have such quite such an impact. So, um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm pretty blessed. No doubt about it. And we're blessed to have you here in the Vegas Valley. And last thing I touch base 
with uh, head coach Tara Vandeveer before with you, but uh, now that she has surpassed everybody as far as on the ladies' side for right now, uh, she's just had a storybook career, but she's had, you know, just incredible players both on and off the court and uh, just people that have excelled and, and have learned from her. Uh, tell me just a couple little things that you may have learned from Coach Vanderveer as you take it forward and put it into your craft as head coach of the Lady Rebels. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the list is uh, longer than anything I could kind of rattle off here in, in a one or two minute, um, you know, stance. But um, I, you know, I just think everything from the discipline to the preparation. Um, you know, even some of the, obviously the offensive and defensive schemes, you know, I mean, Tara, you know, has been, you know, the biggest basketball impact in my life. And so, um, you know, a lot of kind of the way I think, the way I, I, you know, work, it, it's, um, you know, it, it's all a, a product of her in a lot of ways. Would you like to, if it worked out, play the Lady Cardinal in the tournament? Oh, I don't know. You know, um, I'm, I'm sure that would, you know, maybe get a lot of media attention. But, um, you know, I don't I don't want to see them in the first round. You know, they're hopefully they're they're getting a one seed and, and we want to be higher than that. Um, you know, and, and we want to we kind of want to take care of our own business. But, you know, we, we don't really kind of have control over over who we're playing because, you know, but anytime we're not playing, I'm rooting for them. So, um, you know, I'd prefer not to play them so I can keep rooting for them and them for us. Yeah, I'm talking uh, Sweet 16 or beyond. We're not talking first or second round here. We're making sure the Lady Rebs are going to be in that Sweet 16 before we even think about that date with the mentor. No question. Coach LaRock, I appreciate you as always. Continued success. You are absolutely amazing. We are so happy that you decided to come home and do your coaching here for the Lady Rebels. You are doing a phenomenal job, and uh, we are all you know, just in awe as we watch this team continue to excel and bust into the top 25, sitting there tied 24th with West Virginia, second time in the top 25 this season. And I expect you to end up there, and I expect uh, this team to continue excelling in the Mountain West and the Mountain West Conference Tournament, and then we'll talk to you prior to the big dance. Lindy LaRock, thank you so much for taking time out for SportsX Radio, and we're rooting for you, kid. You're doing a great job. All right. Thanks, Ken. We've got our last home game on a Saturday at, at 2 o'clock, so – would love to have a great crowd for our senior day to, to send them out um, the right way. We've got $3 tickets for our three-peat championship. So keep spreading the word and, and help us get people to the Cox Pavilion on Saturday at 2 o'clock. There you go, and I will do just that, folks. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, if you're looking for a place to take the kids on a Saturday, are you kidding me? Matinee style, those types, those types of prices, going for the three-peat, $3 tickets, doesn't get any better than that. And to see a product that has won 39 of their last 40 games in the Mountain West Conference, that is head coach Lindy LaRock's Lady Rebels. They continue to excel. Get out there and support them this Saturday and beyond. Be there for that conference tournament as the Lady Rebs look to win another one at the Thomas and Mac as far as the Mountain West Conference Tournament. And then we'll go on to the big dance. We'll take it one step at a time. The old coach's cliche, one game at a time. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Come back, get you caught up on all the scores. Look at some of the games for tomorrow night live from Vegas. You're listening to SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson, produced by Mark Hoke. We'll be right back.
Chris Montez. Let's dance, baby. I'm telling you, this guy, Mark Hogue, I don't know where he finds him, but he knows his music, and uh, he goes all over the place. Great stuff. Great stuff from head coach Lindy LaRock. Appreciate her joining us, SportsX Radio. What a job she's done. 39 of the last 40 Mountain West games for the Lady Rebels. They have won. That is phenomenal. A three-point loss in the waning seconds to New Mexico, or it's 40 straight. She is just absolutely remarkable. Please, final game, get down there. Senior day, final home game on Saturday. Support the Lady Rebs, and then they get ready for that Mountain West Conference tournament. Looking to make it a three-peat. Three-peat as far as the the conference itself, regular season conference. And just a lot of fun to watch these gals play. And it is a fun team. And that Desiree Young, my goodness, she is fun to watch. And she has been around for a while, but she can flat-out play. And uh, this team plays with a lot of chemistry. So please get out there and support them. Remember uh, also, if demographically you fall between the ages of 40 and 72, you're pretty fortunate here in the Vegas Valley that you can take advantage of Dr. John Pierce. And he's got the Preventative Diagnostic Center right here in town. That's right, the only scanner of its kind in the region. Gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. They now have the software. They can detect myocarditis, pericarditis. Preventative Diagnostic Center, again, got to be between 40 and 72 to use the scanner. 702 area code, you got that down for Vegas, 534 7900 534-7900. It means if you're coming in to visit in the Vegas Valley as well, you can give a call, set up that free educational consultation as well. Make sure you tell them Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes, and a few days later, you'll get a detailed report of a, from a board-certified radiologist. Breaks down all the different organs. It's uh, typed out, and then they also have the results on a disc that you can have at the ready just in case there is any type of abnormal abnormality that you have to give to your uh, physician or physicians. And uh, heart CT scan and calcium score special is ridiculous. That really gets you in the door just to check things out. And it doesn't get any better than that. A $600 value for a total of $125 and your significant other is free. So the two of you, a $1,200 value, total $125. Preventative Diagnostic Center, early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. You can go to the website, check it out, pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com. Preventative Diagnostic Center under Dr. John Pierce. Again, 534-7900. All right, wrapping things up here and uh, going right to the scores, get you caught up on everything going on. And we've got uh, several minutes to do that. And got some games on the West Coast that have yet to tip off, so we'll keep an eye on it. ASU teased me last night too, right? They come back getting blown out early. Come back, they cut it to 61-55, and then they end up losing by 18. They were plus whatever it was, 12, 12 and a half, and uh, end up getting swept badly by Arizona and that one in Tempe last night. In the association, Bucks beat the Hornets by 12. They pushed the number, uh, which was 12. 219 was the total. Game stays under 111.99. They win in Charlotte over the Hornets. 115-107. Magic get the win and the cover. They were laying seven. They win it by eight. Total 225 and a half. Game stays under. Warriors held on, beat the Knicks by 11. Led by nine at the half. Got out to a 20-4 lead early in the first quarter. Easily covered that three and a half at the Garden. Game stays well under the 223. Nets blow out the Hawks beat them by 27, got out to a huge lead, then it got cut down to six by Atlanta. 
but the Nets had that final run that really opened things up, and then Atlanta just waved the white flag, 124-97. to 97. Game does get over the total by a point. Total is 220. Game hits 221. Spurs right now up 11, a minute 19 to go on OKC. Now make it 47 seconds to go. Score hasn't changed. OKC was an 11-point favorite, but it's the Spurs that lead by 11, 129-118 to 118 in a game that's already gone over the total. Suns up by 13 on the uh, Rockets. There's still 208 to go in Phoenix in the third quarter. Uh, Phoenix favored by 8.5, total 231, so sitting at 155 right now. Nuggets up by 11 on the Heat, 7.59 to go second quarter. Again, what I tell you, I mean, the line was 5, went up to 6.5. I do nothing but take the Nuggets when I see a line like that. 214.5 your total. Wizards lead the Lakers. It's early, 6.53 to go first quarter. They're up by 2, 16 to 14. Lakers come back from 21 down in the fourth and beat the Clippers last night. And I'll tell you what, Kawhi was fit to be had after that loss last night. Ohio State beat Nebraska 78-69. College of Charleston wins again eight in a row. They knock off Campbell 96 to 73. Gave a bunch of these scores earlier. Uh, North Dakota did get beat at home, so South Dakota State stays on top in the summit as they sweep North Dakota. On the road, Moorhead State did come back and win that game by 22. They were laying 18.5 against Southeast Missouri State, so they get the win and the cover. South Dakota sweeps North Dakota State, a rarity there. Coyotes, 88-68, knock off the Bison. The Bison were actually four-point road favorites in that one. How about Rutgers? Beats Michigan by 30. 82 to 52 at the rack, laying seven and a half. No problem there. Total 139 game stays under. Abilene Christian surprises Southern Utah on the road. 77 68 beat the T Birds on their home court as three point dogs. Lindenwood knocks off Southern Indiana. They were 10 point dogs and they win it by four. 67 63 game stays under. Western Illinois beat Eastern Illinois, but do not cover. Panthers come back at the cover. 70 to 66 the final. Western Illinois was laying six, led it by seven at half, but do not cover. No problem for Utah. Win by 22 at home in Salt Lake against Stanford. Beat the Cardinal 90 to 68. Game does get over the total by a bucket and Tennessee Martin by 11. Beat Tennessee Tech and they were laying 10, so they get the win and the cover by a point in a game that stays under the total. By three points. Game's rolling right now. Tarleton State leads Utah Tech 70 to 63. They're, they're laying five, and there's 5.55 left in regulation. They led this game 21 to 2 out of the gate. So uh, Utah Tech has come back. That's the old Delta State team from Utah. And we'll keep an eye on this one. Arkansas Little Rock up 15, 7.53 to go. They lead Tennessee State. They're laying eight. They're up by 15. Keep an eye there. Portland leads Santa Clara 25 seconds to go. And they're up by one, 65-64. They've led this game pretty much wire to wire. Broncos trying to come from behind as nine-and-a-half-point favorites and not lose outright. Liberty blew out New Mexico State, 83-58, laying 14, win it by 25. Game gets over the total, 71-69. Northern Colorado leads in Ogden over Weber State, 39 seconds left. 71-69 is the score. Keep an eye on that one. You see Davis up by 11 with 3.55 to go over Hawaii. And now uh, Northern Colorado and Weber State are tied at 71. Uh, still 39 seconds left. Uh, 62-48, Montana State wins in Moscow, beat Idaho. Uh, Vandals were actually rare one-point favorites at home at the Kibbe Dome. No good there. Eastern Washington, they lead by 11 over Montana, laying 5.5 against the Grizz, 3.33 to go second half up there in Washington. 73-58, how about UMKC looking to take care of business over Denver and get a sweep of that two-game series there in the Summit. 76-74, Northern Arizona, eight-point dogs up in Pocatello. A minute one to go, they lead Idaho State's Bengals, Grand Canyon. They blew out UT Rio Grande Valley, laying 24. You got the cover. They win it by 
by 29, 72-43. LMU leads San Diego at the half by 4, 36-32, 38-17. All Texas Arlington over Seattle looking for a sweep of the Red Hawks. Keep an eye on those Mavericks. Still 4-1 to go first half, but they got their shooting shoes on tonight. Texas Arlington up by 21 big ones. Santa Barbara, they led Cal Poly San Luis Obispo by 16. They now lead them by 3 at the Thunderdome. By at the half. Look out. Cal Poly slow. Deneen could be a little karma there as Alma Mater. Will they get the win in the Big West? We will see tonight. Cal Baptist, they're down eight at the half to Stephen F. Austin. Ugly game, 28-20. Bakersfield leads UC San Diego, 29-27. They're six-point home dogs. And the Roadrunners up by two, 29-27 at intermission. Fullerton leads at the beach. Boy, I'll tell you what, the Titans up by eight on Dan Monson and Long Beach State at the Pyramid. Long Beach State, eight and a half point favorites. That's 34-26. All Irvine, Deneen gave this game out. It's 44-24. to 2.17 still to go in the first half. Anteaters up 20 on the Matadors. Washington, 16-13 out of the gate. Casey Jacobson doing the color, commentator on, color commentating on that one. He will join me hopefully next week on SportsX Radio. Don't forget uh, Kyle Smith, also the head coach of Washington State. I think we have him slated for Monday. You USC out of the gate, speaking of Washington State, up by 6, 16 to 10 in that game. Gonzaga San Fran coming up. Zags minus 4, 153.5. And, and St. Mary's minus 15 at Pepperdine, 137.5. And, and again, my buddy uh, Jerry giving out, Jerry Weslow giving out Pepperdine as the dog in that game. Bunch of add-on games. Don't have time to get to them because I want to get to the hockey. Tough night for Vegas Golden Knights. Down 3 nothing after 1. They battle back. Tie it at 4 on a shorthanded goal by Chandler Stevenson. But Boston gets a late goal with under 5 minutes to go. Wins it 5-4. to four. Buffalo wins at Tampa 3-2. to two. Islanders beat Detroit 5-3 on the road. 4-2. Another road victory. This one for Carolina at Columbus. 4-3. to three. Florida at home. They uh, knock off Montreal. So they stay tied with Boston. Both those teams 84 points now. Toronto, a 4-2 win at home against Arizona. Dallas at home, likewise, a 4-1 win against Winnipeg. And 6-1, Nashville, who's been playing well of late, they pound Minnesota. Colorado, 4-0 after 2. They lead Chicago, 1-0. Seattle, the Kraken up on the Penguins after 1. L.A. Kings after 1 lead Vancouver up in B.C. And Anaheim, a 2-1 lead, 7-50 into the first period at the Shark Tank against San Jose. That is a look at all the scores and a bunch of games tomorrow on a Friday, a bigger slate than normal. Uh, keep an eye on Dayton and Loyola, Chicago. Flyers favored one and a half. That'll be a good one. Nevada at home at Lawler. They're minus 15 against Fresno State. And Air Force will be in Logan to play Utah State. Aggies minus 16, 138 and a half. That'll do it on a throwback Thursday. Thanks to Mark Hoke, Jerry Palm, Lindy LaRock, and, of course, my buddy Dave Deneen. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that worldwide Odyssey app. Archives up in a little bit. God bless. Have a great evening. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.